the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and I welcome our worldwide audience to another episode of Rescuers Radio Show. And uh, it airs every Thursday at Faith Talk 1360, faithtalk1360.com at 5.30 p.m. You can also find everything you want to know about Rescuers Radio Show, even if you want to uh, you know, we always have an open door for those that would like to donate or be a partner with us, and that's at rescuersradioshow.org. Hey, my guest right now is somebody I just uh, have known for a long time and finally got him onto the Rescuers Radio Show, Dave Hanna. Hi, Dave. Hey, Art. How you doing? I'm doing great, man, and um, and it's so nice to have you on the, on the program today because to, there's so much that you've been involved in uh, over the years and significant things. We're going to be talking about all of those. But first of all, Dave, I'd like to have you uh, begin with you sharing your backstory. Uh, how did you get end up at this point in your life? <laughs> <laughs> Easy one, a right? Years, a few years to get here. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, really, real quick. I grew up, I was a farm boy in Iowa, a little tiny town and in Iowa called Alden and there were 26 in my graduating class but uh, <laughs> for some reason Oklahoma State heard about me as a basketball player and football player and they scouted me one football game and one basketball game and I'm glad I didn't know they were scouting me because they happened to be the two best games I guess I ever played and <laughs> so they offered me full scholarships in both sports so when I went to Oklahoma State I Figured I better stick with football. It was my best sport. So anyway, had a good college career at Oklahoma State and um, came out to play with the Los Angeles Rams, was injured early in my career. And then uh, the next steps led me to start Athletes in Action, which I ran for uh, 22 years. In the process of doing that, I did uh, weightlifting shows, spoke to about 2 million high school kids across the country during those years which was kind of a neat opportunity. I did that with a weightlifter named Russ Nip. Russ was the weightlifter of the decade of the seventies in America. He set nine world records in the press and athletes in action grew to what of course it's become today. It's in, I don't know, 160, 170 countries around the world. And then along the way, Dr. Bright challenged me to try to raise a billion dollars to help take the message of Christ to the world through the Jesus film. And, I thought nobody in their right mind would do that, but 
in the end, I finally said yes. And over a 10-year period, through all of our efforts, we generated a little over a billion dollars, and we were able to show the Jesus film to at least, we could document 4 billion of the 6 billion people in the world that saw it. And then that takes me up to the, the, the last decade and a half of my life is building the ambassador compassion program. Does that get you up to speed there, Art? It does. And we're going to, we're going to tear it apart and go into each one of those. And Dave, you, you were the founder of athletes in action and, and all of these other things. But, um, uh, so in 1966, you launched athletes in action and, and just, just give us a synopsis of, of what, what that is and how it's grown to become an international uh, athletes in action. Well, it was kind of interesting because, of course, athletes in action is a part of Campus Crusader, though they call it crew today. But, but when I first started reaching athletes, I remember pastors saying, oh, they're ungodly people. You're wasting your time. Don't, don't try to reach athletes. Well, it turned out that athletes have been one of the most responsive groups probably in the world. And there are a tremendous number of people who have become believers in Christ all over the world in virtually every major sport. So it was kind of neat as we started with athletes in action. We put together a basketball team, a wrestling team, a track team, and others. Our basketball team beat the Russian Olympic team five times in their heyday, went on to represent the United States at the World Championships. And we would play the major colleges across the country. And we had a string in there that in a hundred and some games, we actually lost one game, which actually was against the university of Arizona. We had a nine point lead with, I don't know, like two or three minutes to go. And, and Arizona made a comeback and the kid hits, hits a shot at the halfway mark to beat us by one point. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was the only loss we had in over a hundred games. So we actually had a pretty great team to, you know, during that period our wrestling team went on to having amazing worldwide influence there a huge number of wrestlers all over the world now have become believers and of course we had olympic gold medalist john uh, peterson and so we've had so many many great athletes and then in the track team we had four olympic gold medalists uh, in the 76 olympics so we were able to work with a lot of the very top athletes of the world and as a result of that then it grew into a program where we take, I don't know how many, but AIA takes today, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 teams every summer all over the world. Now, I'm not sure about the COVID, but up until the COVID situation. Um, so it's been, a, and then Athletes in Action has grown into I don't know, around 160 countries of the world now. Well, if I, and if I understand the, the very uh, platform that this was built on was to share in, uh, the hope of Jesus with the whole world, right, through, through athletics. Yeah, and of course, that's, that was the key. And it yeah. was interesting when we started the basketball team that uh, they allowed us to, to play the first half. And at halftime, they would give us about seven minutes, and we would talk a little about our faith. And then at the end of the game, we would actually have an opportunity and people were invited to stay. And we would always have a huge percentage of the crowd stay and they would talk about their personal faith in Christ and how God had changed their lives. And here's how people could come to know um, the God of the universe in a personal way. And so we did that virtually every game for, I don't know, 25 years. 
with colleges across the country. And we did that in wrestling. We did it in in basketball and, and in track and other sports. By the way, Dave, you're, you're the first guest on in the history of the uh, Rescuers radio show to ever mention a billion dollars. You just allowed that to roll right off your tongue like it's commonplace. <laughs> well, it turned out to be, but yeah. it wasn't. Well, I remember when Dr. Bright challenged me to head it up. The largest gift that I'd ever had with athletes in action was a $25,000 gift. And I said, Bill, we're going to have to work on your faith here. <laughs> the whole idea of history's handful was to find a thousand people who would give a million dollars. Well, it never works quite that way. You always have a smaller percentage. We had some people who were giving one or two or three or four or 5 million a year. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And then we had a lot of people who would give a quarter of a million or half a million, but it was exciting. And we, 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 we really worked this very closely with the Jesus film. They, they were seeing the same kind of results. We were in between the two groups we were able to generate, which would be history's handful and the Jesus film strategy. We did generate a little over a billion dollars in a, in a 10 year period. And the Jesus film is still going around the world, right? Oh yeah. It's uh, of course the most watched, the most translated. I think there's, it's been translated now into over 1500 languages most people don't even know there are 1,500 languages in the world. <laughs> I didn't and until I, think, I, I went to the Bible Museum in Washington, D.C. <laughs> they yeah, have, no, they have translations of Bibles that add up to the tens of thousands. Well, so it's, a, it's amazing. It's been an amazing tool, and uh, God has certainly used it in a, in a pretty <clears throat> exciting way. So it was fun to be a part of, of seeing um, so many athletes come to faith in Christ around the world and then to see the power of the Jesus film and all the other things that we were able to do together. It was It was pretty, those were pretty neat and pretty exciting times, you know, leading up to the year 2000. Yeah. I'm going to say to our, our worldwide uh, rescue radio show audience that if you're late coming in uh, to the show, uh, I'm, I'm interviewing Dave Hanna, founder of Athletes in Action. And we're also going to move on. Uh, I want to move on, Dave, uh, while, while we have time here to go to uh, Lift Up America and Ambassadors of Compassion. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, that huge nonprofit and significance that it does. Well, we actually started the organization as a Lift Up America um, around 2005. And we started doing some food distributions with Tyson Food, which actually grew, <clears throat> excuse me, to some pretty amazing. We were up into the, I don't know, 25 to 30 million servings of protein we were able to give away. So we would, we did them in Phoenix, of course, with Jerry Colangelo and the, and the Suns every year. And those were, were pretty neat to do them with the pro teams and then to be able to provide, you know, all that food. And that got us started working with a lot of the less fortunate kids. And then we started doing the big movie premieres, which we did in, in, uh, you know, we did it in, uh, in Australia and we did them in uh, Mexico city with the president's wife in Canada and some of the major cities across America. And you would bring, Oh, two, 3000 of the neediest kids in the city would come together and they'd get to walk the red carpet and we'd have Hollywood stars and pro athletes and everybody come and, and they couldn't walk the red carpet, just the kids. And so mm-hmm. all those people were there asking the kids for their autographs. And 
And we were able to tie in uh, glasses and hearing aids and all kinds of ways to, to help the kids. And, and those grew into really dynamic, uh, powerful uh, kind of impact events. But then we realized uh, one of the key guys I was working with asked, he said, do you think one great night will change a kid's life? And the more we thought about mm-hmm. it, we realized, no, probably not. And that led us to launch the Ambassador of Compassion program, which is really a, a program that focuses on teaching resiliency and leadership and responsibility to the youth of our country. And we actually are doing it in the public schools. We've now put over 60,000 kids primarily in public schools across the country through the Ambassadors of Compassion program. And I think in Phoenix, we'd put over 3,000 kids in some generally inner city schools there in the Phoenix area. And we're getting ready to come back and hopefully grow that to a dramatic number of students each year here in, in Phoenix, along with Southern California and cities all across the United States. Yeah, and through the Ambassadors of Compassion uh, Leadership Program, uh, you you actually one of the steps in that is you you developed a nice curriculum that can be used in the in the classrooms, right? Tell us about that. Well, yeah, my my son Eric is the one who came up with the curriculum, and I remember when he first talked to me, he said, "Dad, we need to build." help our kids build life principles. I think if we remember back, maybe Art, when you and I were young, <laughs> it was always considered the job of parents to teach these values to kids. That wasn't the school's job. Mm-hmm. Well, I think as time has gone along and now we live in a day and age where both mom and dad have to work and it's, and now we have all the social media, it's more and more difficult for parents to get that time to build those principles into their kids. And so more and more the pressure has been moving towards schools to give them more than just reading, writing, arithmetic, and some of the other things they do. And so we came along and we built the ambassador compassion program and it's the measured results have been really, really, really outstanding. In the meantime, in the state of California, we, we partnered with a former superintendent, And um, they literally took it and we now have a 10 credit A through G NCAA approved course in the state of California. It was taught uh, during the spring semester in the summer schools. And uh, we want to grow that and get it accredited in, in states all across the country and make that available as well as the 12 week program that we would do with various teams and groups. Now you're talking about the life program, right? We actually have two, the life program, which is Ellis for labor, kind of unique concept. If you want to succeed in life, you have to work. Mm-hmm. And then I is for influence. And, and I've done a lot of personal work in the Santa Ana school district, which would be it's over 99% Hispanic here. And it's the largest community in Orange County, California. Um, and as a result of, of that being so high, a lot of those kids have gotten in gangs. And, you know, the gangs are not necessarily a good influence on the kids. So we learned that we need to help kids think through what are the good influences in their life? What are the bad influences? And will those bad influences help you achieve your goals and dreams or not? And then the kids is kind of like the light goes on. No, those bad influences won't. Then the question is, how do I remove those bad influences? And, of course, sometimes the bad influences are at home. And that's a little different story. But we do a lot of work to help the kids think through, how do I get the good 
influences in my life and how do I limit the bad influences? And then the F is forgiveness. And that's, that's a, been a surprising one that really was big. I'm surprised at the amount of anger in the last few years that we have learned that seems to go on. And I think some of it is social media. I know in, in uh, Santa Ana, uh, a lot of times the kids were upset with their parents because they would see social media. And of course, kids paint a picture like they've got the greatest thing in the world, even though mostly it's not true. So those kids in Santa Ana think, how come I'm not getting treated that way? Why don't I have those things? Mm-hmm. And then they kind of blame their parents for it. <clears throat> you know, and those their parents have come here and they've been working hard to try to build a future for their kids. But we've been able to see some pretty remarkable things, just kind of one story, which was slightly different than that. But I had this one guy we were working with uh, um, out in the Moreno Valley area. And he said, you know, my dad, from the time I remember, would tell me maybe two or three three times a week that I was, you know, that I was worthless and I should have never been born. Mm. Oh, my. And I'm saying, really? He said, oh, yeah. He said, that's what I grew up with. You know, I was worthless and I should Mm. never have been born. And so as he went through our program, he said, you know, I need to forgive my dad for treating me this way. Mm. And so we were really interested to find out how that conversation would go. And after he had it with his dad, he said, you know, we really had a good meeting. And I told my dad I needed to forgive him for saying that. And he said, my dad broke down in tears. And he said, you know, that's what his dad told him. And he thought he was supposed to tell me that, you know, and so a lot of times, um, you know, parents take bad. (laughs) Yeah skills, you know, into the next generation of kids. And so he and his dad, I I think they made tremendous progress. So we've seen the forgiveness is a big piece. It can be at home. It can be kids in sports. It can be kids in school. You know, there's a lot of social issues with social media where kids are harassing kids and bullying various ways. So forgiveness is a big thing. And then they and then the E is for experiences. And we start off with negative experiences don't have to destroy your life. And so the, the, the goal is to take those four principles and hopefully at the end of the 12 weeks or the end of the semester class that the kids will have bought into those values and will begin to make them their own. And then the RISE program. Yeah, let me, let me break in just a, just a moment because uh, the LIFE program is, is one that's self-sufficient and now there's a RISE program that's accompanying that, right? Yeah, there's two two of them. And they, the RISE started as a middle school program and then became a high school program. The LIFE started as a high school program and then became a middle school program. <laughs> so you, you kind of gear the questions because life principles don't change no matter how old you are. They apply to you and me today in yes. the way we live our lives. Yep. But how you get into the questions relates a little bit different based on the based on the age and the maturity of the, of the kids. But RISE is kind of interesting. Uh, R is for responsibility. In other words, if I want to succeed in life, I need to take responsibility for my life. And I think this is a growing issue in America. For some reason, there's more and more stuff I see going on where people are saying you don't have to be responsible for your life. Somebody's going to take care of you. Hmm. Well, I I think maybe sometimes you can find the right person to take <laughs> but a lot of times you don't. And as a result yeah. of that, you find yourself depending upon people who don't take good care of you. Yeah. 
And so responsibility is very important. Then taking initiative. Okay, not only do I need to be a responsible person, but I need to take the initiative to actually do the right things. And then the S is for service. In other words, you need to you need to learn to serve other people and help other people and build compassion in your community. And then the Eve is for expectations and think about how all of us get burned with expectations, you know. Parents promise kids that all those things are going to do for them. And then a lot of times they don't do them. Right. And then the kids lose trust in the parents and, and problems occur. And so all of us, you know, every time we have a meeting, you know, you, you said, Dave, would you do this program? And I said, yes. So you trusted me. But if all of a sudden I didn't show up today on the phone call, that would, that would not have been a very good <laughs> expectation. Right. <laughs> right. So, but that happens all the time, you know, you know, and kids have to learn how do I deal with expectations? Cause human beings can't always deliver what they promise because circumstances, you know, make it impossible or people just don't take responsibility. It can be one of both, you know, so that's a big issue. And so those programs have been really powerfully used. We're going to add some other programs here pretty soon, but those are the two main ones we're doing now. And and isn't there the resiliency has proven out in about 800 or so thousand youth? Yes, we worked with a group out of Canada that measured our results, and they put over a million kids through their resiliency mm-hmm. measurements over the years. And they amazingly said our program had the best results of any program they'd ever worked with. And which I thought was interesting because I was – you know, really kind of surprised because they said that their experience is, is that if, that if kids come from tough backgrounds and difficult situations, rarely do they move out of it. But we were, we've been seeing 60 to 70% of those kids move it to a level, according to their measurements, where they've got a good chance to end up in the middle class. Yeah. And so, so I think, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. All, so all of that uh, lies underneath the ambassadors of compassion. And I want to go back a little bit to lift up America. Uh, it, it's, it's more built on rather than in the classrooms that we're discussing with ambassadors of compassion, lift up America. Its platform is humanitarian aid organization that provides hope and opportunities for success to less fortunate, and uh, as you mentioned, and even in other countries you've been in, and and then partnering with corporations, sports, entertainment, education, media, government, uh, all of that lies underneath Lift Up America. So you've got, uh, um, it all started with athletes in action and these two powerful, uh, significant, life-changing and, and life-saving uh, nonprofits under your belt. And it's just amazing, Dave, what's, what's happened. Well, no, you're, you're kind of are. And I think the the key thing, because you're talking about rescuers, you know, you've got a percentage of people in the country who pretty much only care about themselves, mm-hmm. but you do have an awful lot of people who really care about helping other people. Well, and and with that, COVID, I think it's become even more divisive, right? There's domestic violence, there's addictions oh. have spiked and, and it's and we have all of that grown. We've never seen the growth in those areas as as we're seeing with it now. Well, I, I think you described something that's really interesting because since we work in Santa Ana a lot, we work a lot of places besides Santa Ana, but we put 
well over 7,000 kids through our program just in the Santa Ana school system alone. And when COVID came along, and of course, these are all Hispanic families, the older kids who were like sophomores or juniors in high school, mom and dad were both trying to work, trying to survive the COVID thing. So the older kids were basically taking care of the younger kids. They actually became babysitters for the younger brothers and sisters. So as, as far as supposedly going to school and learning things, there was very little took place for about a year. So you're talking a really difficult situation when it comes to, to those kids taking responsibility for education. Yeah. And, and as a result, because a lot of kids, we've always trusted the adults to tell us what the future is. And I would suggest right now, you can't tell me exactly what the future is going to be in America. So if adults are not comfortable with where our future is going to be, imagine what kids are. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, gosh, we're, we're running out of time here. We're in our last minute and a half or so, but uh, it, it, congratulations and God blessings on, on all that you've been able to, to accomplish, but the, the best is yet ahead, right? Well, our goal is to put <laughs> over a million kids each year through the Ambassador yeah. Compassion Program. Hey, if somebody wants to get in touch with, with you on any of these programs, is there a website they can go to? Oh, yeah, and we have a number of them. The simplest one, easy to remember, uh, website would just be uh, AOCLife, L-I-F-E, AOCLife.org. AOCLife.org. Yeah. All right, uh, Dave, just thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Rescuers. And uh, and our mission statement with rescuers is people that are out there changing and saving lives. You are a rescuer, Dave. God bless you. Thank you. Well, thanks so much, Art. Bye now. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.